You want me to spit the freestyle right mm. here in front of you? Mm. I ain't got the freestyle written. Well, I didn't think you were supposed to write down free freestyles. Yeah, <laughs> you think this is 02. Isn't that what you're supposed to do? You're, you're not supposed to write that down, right? Check. I pull up and I disrespect. Don't get it. Don't get it confused. Don't you get dismissive. What you think of that? That was excellent. Add it up. <laughs> you know who Funk Flex is? Mm-mm. Oh. Funk Master Flex? Add it up, lap it up, go at it like I need some benefits. Impact on Cassius, I'm trying to stack it up. Peace for the air, blow it in the wind. Mine on the Benjis, deny all you want, I want my percentage. I get it, I'm busy. I'm boosting the anthems, coming your shiggy, yeah. They wanna know, how did you go? Urkel Steve's are running the show. I just do me, the baby, beaming like a star gleaming, baby. Begging for the show, fiending, baby. Give me some space, I'm about to go crazy, yeah. Score like tennis, 15 points, you game point winning. Other words, dig it. I'm blowing them out, you barely winning. You been stressed two winners. We got on the goggles, the bottles are spinning like. Speed it up, get it up, pick up, lick up. They wanna know how I do it. I wanna know why they foolish. I wanna know why every time a nigga drop his quiet like the movies. Mad at the student. Play this shit cool, I'm fucking up the mood. Professional too, right? Watch how I flex on the ones who scream fuck yous, like. Life's a zoo. Yes. Okay. The gators, gorillas, and apes, they hunting for yous. The other vehicle, you were listening to your A-Boogie, and then... <laughs> Left down central, blonde on my right, she's so dismissive. I'm a mill ticket, already know the plan. I got a question back to your Nigerian roots. Right. There's a stigma on the men that they're scammers. Where does that... That is true. Oh my gosh, where did you... How do you know that? Just here. Wow. <laughs> no, that is true. Uh, I don't trust them. to the streets. You don't trust them? Uh, what? No. You're, it's your boy, Robbie Dean, back with another one of those fire-ass episodes of Me Blanc Amigo. And this is episode 13, Scamming with State Farm. Kind of forgot what the hell the episode was called. But yeah, another dope episode. This one with my Nigerian friend that is an insurance claims adjuster. That's right, an insurance claims adjuster. And the reason I had her out here was she helped me determine my accident. She told me about other car accidents. She told me about other crazy people in car accidents. Just overall a dope episode, man. Always legendary. You know how I do. Freestyle A1, A1. We ain't even got to talk about it no more at this point. Uh, Yeah, you know how I do. Like, comment, subscribe like the white girls in the valley say. I'm out. What was your cumulative GPA? In high school? Yeah. Oh. Graduated. Maybe like a 2.8? Mine was a 1.6. You look unimpressed. I'm like, that's kind of bad. Did you go to class? Reason I brought you here today was because you said that you work in the insurance agency, correct? Mm-hmm. I do. I recently was in a car wreck. Oh, bye. <laughs> Go away. <laughs> what happened next? Uh, what happened? 
And I need you to play judge, jury, and conviction. Ain't that how they say it? I can do that. I can do that. Okay. So, let's get straight into it. I'm leaving work. Cool? Mm-hmm. Let me spark my air. I'm leaving work. I'm driving down uh, two single lane roads. This is what you do for a living. This is right? what I do. I am a claims adjuster. So you determine this. Uh-huh. I determine the liability. <laughs> so I could tell you just got in the accident, too. You sound like you know what you're talking about. <laughs> so I'm leaving, and I got uh, two lane roads. Uh-huh. No other ways, just two lanes. Okay. I'm driving behind this car. Mm-hmm. Now, to me, what looks like a football field away was this vehicle. A football field is a very long, it's very far. <sighs> okay. That's okay. what I keep replaying in my head. Mm-hmm. I'm driving. I can't remember what happened. Oh, A Boogie was playing. You know A Boogie? No. <laughs> Some A Boogie was playing. And I don't know why, but it was just a random song on show on this playlist. And I think to myself, alright, I, I might uh be looking for a new song. I look around. Wasn't looking mm. too long. Like what mm. half a second. Right. Cause I look back up. Not that I know it. I'm 15 to 20, 15 to 10 feet away from this car. Okay. I slam on brakes. Mm-hmm. I hit him, and he's turning. Mm-hmm. I believe this motherfucker will turn last second, but I can't prove it. Okay. So where was this other vehicle located? They were in front of you. Yes. And you said that you saw them initially when they were an entire football field away. Yes. Okay, so when you were an entire football field away from the other vehicle, you were listening to your A-boogie, and then (laughs) you looked around, a half a second passed, and then by the time you looked up, you were 15 or 10 to 15 feet away Mm -hmm. from this vehicle in front of you. Now, was this vehicle making a left or a right turn? A left turn. Okay, so was this... Okay, so this wasn't at an intersection? No. So they were in the process of making a left turn? Mm-hmm. And you were trying to proceed straight? Mm-hmm. Okay. Right now, how there. fast were you going? About 40 when I saw... Okay. I want to say it was about 25 on impact. Okay. Now, if you were really 10 to 15 feet away from this vehicle... If you slammed on your brakes going 40, you wouldn't have hit them. What's the point of impact? Hmm? What part of your vehicle hit what part of theirs? I would be real with you. Mm-hmm. Well, my front was the part that hit theirs mm-hmm. and got smashed in total. But I had bad brakes. Mm-hmm. That's what caused it. Mm-hmm. So but we're going to ignore that. <laughs> okay, because you contributed to the accident for operating defective equipment. <laughs> so that is your fault. So, yeah, we're going to ignore that mm-hmm. loophole because I'm not going to say that to them on the phone. Oh, when do you have to talk to them? They've been called. What? Okay, what company did they have? I can't even remember. Um, I think my company called me. Mm-hmm. I didn't even get a call from their company. 
And the crazy thing is, it was for like a company for like advanced auto parts or mm-hmm. some shit. So. But what's your company? My company? Mm-hmm. I was driving in my car. Oh, like your personal vehicle. Yeah. But what insurance company do you have? Um, shit. State, not State Farm. I don't know what Nationwide? State Farm? Intagon? Progressive. Oh, Progressive. Okay. So, yeah. What do you determine after all that shit that occurred? I mean, I think that it's definitely your fault. Um, (laughs) In North Carolina, you, our goal is to prove one party 100% negligent free. We are a contributory state, meaning that if you did anything to cause the accident, then you have to pursue through your own policy and the other person pursues through theirs. Now, based off of what you told me, I do think that some of your timing and your distance is off. (laughs) Because if that was the case, this accident would not have happened. Um, But when you're driving behind someone, you have the duty to, you know, maintain a safe distance away from them. Because you are watching them. They're not watching you. They're in front of you. So no matter if this car slammed on their brakes, if this car exploded, (laughs) if this car hit anything, like you have the duty to see what's going on and stay far enough away from them to if something like that happened, you'll be able to stop in time. (coughs) So it is your fault. Okay. Mm. How long have you been working in insurance claims? Two years. Two years. Mm Mm-hmm. What is your wildest situation you remember over the phone? Oh, with the claim? Yeah. When you okay, <laughs> you have to be more specific. <coughs> when you say wildest, <coughs> do you mean scenario or yeah. like people? Like people you call. Like personalities yeah. that I speak with. Yeah, yeah. I think the one that stands out to me the most. It was this guy. I think he was from Florida, mm-hmm. and he drove up here from Florida. Mm-hmm. He got in this big ass accident. <laughs> And I was trying to reach him so I can get his account of what happened. Mind you, he isn't insured. He has Allstate. So I'm calling him, trying to reach him. I get him on the phone, and he's like, who is this? Uh And I'm like, you know, I'm calling from Allstate, your company. Um, You know, I want to, I'm the adjuster that'll be assisting you with this claim. Can I get your account of what happened? And he's like, well, I'm Barack Obama. I'm this, I'm that. And I'm just like, sir, what are you talking about? And he's like, anyone can say that they're anyone on the phone. And I was like, sir, at the end of the day, you can call whomever you like um, to try to verify who I am. But I am going to need your statement before we pay out for your claim. Was he at fault or was he? No, he wasn't at fault. That's the thing. I think he was just skeptical that I was calling him. And that's the first time that I was ever like questioned. Okay. Have you ever been cussed out at Oh, yeah, Absolutely. Give me your worst cuss out story. I mean, getting cussed out isn't that bad. Like, mm, people, I don't know. I get cussed out a lot. So, <laughs> <laughs> I get cussed out literally like maybe like a couple times a week. Mm. Um, you got people who are like, you know, especially people that you deny their claims. Because everyone is always like, you know, this is clear cut. Uh, it's obvious how this happened. <laughs> like, given your scenario, if you were just like, it's not my fault. Like, if you're like tripping about it. And if I was like, nah, sir, it is your fault. Um, Yeah, you contributed to the accident. People get really, really upset. 
people like to talk about their lawyers. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, give whomever you like my contact information. Have them call me. Because oh. at the end of the day, your claim is denied. Like, I definitely learned how to give people negative news mm-hmm. and not give a fuck. Because that was something I used to, like, anticipate calling people back. I used to be so nervous if I had to call someone back who was blowing up my phone and tell them negative news. Uh-huh. Like, that's something that I used to, like, get butterflies in my stomach. Like, I didn't know how to handle it. And now I'm just like, fuck it. Mm-hmm. I let them say whatever they have to say to me. And I'm just like, you know, your claim is denied. Bye. <laughs> so I don't know. But yeah, I get cussed out a lot, so. Uh, I can't even think of a specific time. Mm. Now you're from. Hmm. You're from what town? I'm from Greensboro. And did you grow up in the rough areas or the, or the nice areas? I grew up in like a little suburb. So you would consider yourself like. A sheltered young girl. Um, I mean, I guess, like, I guess so. I wasn't, I don't know, maybe halfway sheltered. (laughs) Like, I know, I went to school with a bunch of white people, but, like, where I lived, I lived, like, I lived around, like, a bunch of middle class black people, but our neighborhood went to a predominantly white school, and I remember being so confused at what these little white kids were doing. Mm-hmm. Little white kids are bad. Uh, I don't know if you've been around them like that. Did you grow up around like white children? I went to Butler. It was a 75% white high school. You know little white kids are bad. Yeah. They are worse. I'm like, they will get straight A's and then have orgies on the weekend. Damn, Butler and- wasn't that wild. <laughs> <laughs> I remember being so confused at what the hell was going on. I didn't know that people were, like, doing drugs and stuff. (laughs) Like, I didn't know. So, your high school was lit. I mean, yeah, I guess. Was you a part of this? Mm Mm-mm. Nah, that's why I was so confused at what was going on. (laughs) No, I didn't participate in that. Now, what background are you from? What do you mean? What is your... I don't know how to say it. What is it? What is your ethnicity? I'm not Nigerian. Now, being a Nigerian, did you grow up in a strict uh, household? I think that my parents were moderately strict. I remember, like, whenever I wouldn't want to go out, um, they would kind of trip about it or whatever. But, like, I don't know. They were pretty strict. They were pretty strict. <laughs> um, what was your childhood like? Like, how was they as far as... Um as making you apply yourself with like doing schoolwork and shit. So both of my parents are actually professors at A and T University. Ooh. Um, my dad he teaches environmental science, and my mom does anatomy. So they were like hella pressed about like math and science and all that stuff. So like I was always naturally smart. So school wasn't really an issue for me until I kind of got to high school. Now, although I am very intelligent, I'm also lazy. Uh So when I got to high school, I was kind of just like, well, fuck it. I'm not really trying to, you know, whatever. I still made okay grades because I kind of just knew a lot of shit. Mm -hmm. But like, I was just kind of like, fuck it. And I remember my parents, they were pretty upset, but then they got to a point 
to which they were like, you know, she's going to do whatever she wants to do. So. What was your cumulative GPA? In high school? Yeah. Oh. You graduated. Maybe like a 2.8. Mine was a 1.6. Mm. <laughs> you look unimpressed. I'm like, that's kind of bad. Did you go to class? I slept in class. Okay, because I feel like that's the only way that can happen. <laughs> yeah. I mean, shit, y'all yeah, always keep telling the damn story. But mm-hmm. the reason it was so high at a 1-6 was because I would get a 2-0 every fourth quarter to play football. Mm-hmm. So that's what kept the shit balanced in the bay. But continue back to your story. Mm-hmm. I forgot what I was saying. Um, Your school and the lifestyle. Oh, like with my parents and stuff? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they really focused on education, but I think, because I'm the youngest of, like, four kids. Yeah. And I think by the time it got to me, my parents were kind of tired. So, (laughs) I remember my dad was, like, worried that I was going to, I wasn't going to graduate from high school. (sighs) And I was just like, I don't understand why you're acting like that, because my great, I'm definitely going to graduate. I'm definitely going to go to school. Now, college was something that was pretty different. Mm-hmm. Now, initially, I went to Western Carolina. Do you know where that's at? In the mountains? Oh, yeah. Okay. So, I went to WCU for two years. And I remember, like, my freshman year, that was the first time that I was like, oh, I'm free. Like, I don't have to go to this class. Yeah. Oh, like, I don't really have to do this. I could do whatever. Yeah. So, my GPA really suffered freshman year. But, like, when I came back sophomore year, that's when I, like, kind of got it together. And then I transferred to UNCW. And when I graduated from UNCW, my dad was, like, very surprised that I graduated in four years because I guess he didn't think, I don't know. I feel like, I feel like they thought that, I don't know. I think initially they were on some shit to which, you know, they tried to force me to do stuff. But I was just always so rebellious that they just, I guess they didn't realize that I was doing what I had to get done on my own. So when it comes to, like, their mentality and stuff, when I put it in perspective, they weren't as strict as a lot of other foreign parents. Like, of course they wanted me to be successful, but you hear about the stories of, like, other African parents or, like, Asian parents Mm -hmm. who are like, oh, you gotta be doctors, you gotta be this, you gotta do that. My parents are kind of just like, you know, what you trying to do? Like, whatever. Like, they wouldn't, (laughs) you know, if I told them I wanted to be an actress... They're not going to put me in, like, acting classes, but they're also not going to say, you know, you're they're not going to try to stop me, right. which I appreciate. I appreciate, because I have a lot of cousins who, like, their parents will try to, like, stop them from doing whatever. But my parents are always kind of chill. So, in the Nigerian culture, it is a thing that parents press their kids to be successful. Yeah. I feel like the, it's like that with any foreign parent, any, like, first-generation American their parents probably worked their ass off to get here. Right. So picture you coming from somewhere else, like literally like living in a village, walking to school with like no shoes and legit coming out the mud. Mm-hmm. Not these little, not like these little gangster rappers who are like coming out of the ghetto, but like you're legit like coming out of nothing. Right. And you make your way to this country and you are successful and you have children. Wouldn't you want your kids to be really successful? Right. You didn't come over here for nothing. If they're not going to be successful, y'all could have stayed in the village. <laughs> so it's like, I get it. I understand. 
Um, why do so many of them come over here from Nigeria? Is it a, a, a bad place to be? I mean, it's a whole country, so I'm sure it's good <laughs> in some places. But like, you know, the American dream, people want to come here from everywhere. Because they think when you come to America, you can achieve anything, which is which is low key true. Oh, uh, they think that's the possibility. Yeah, you don't think that that's possible? I mean, anything's possible here, mm. but you're gonna go through some shit here. Mm. Yeah, um, but when you think about where these people are from, mm-hmm. when they come here, they're like, "Oh, this must be heaven." <laughs> um, back to your college days. Um. Did you feel isolated as a black girl at Western Carolina? Nah. <laughs> so it was a click of y'all there? Nah, I mean, low-key, like, Western had a lot of black people. Mm. It was definitely a predominantly white school. It was a PIC, but, like, I just, you know, it was, it had a good amount of black people. I didn't feel, like, left out or anything like that. If anything, when I went to UNCW, yeah. That's when I was like, oh, I'm the only black person in this class. Mm-hmm. Now, that was a situation, but at Western, it was cool. Okay, so did you feel isolated at UNCW? Yeah. Not necessarily isolated. Like, I grew up around white people. So, I was never, like, really, really close with white people. But, like, mm-hmm. I know, like, I get along well with them. What I do. was the uh, party lifestyle at that school? At UNCW? Yeah. Because it's by the beach. It's at the beach, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what was the lifestyle like at there? Because I didn't get to go up there. UNCW was dope. I know, like, whenever you were going out, you would go to, like, the beach bars and get turned. People would have, like, house parties and stuff. But the crazy thing about UNCW is although the um, the campus was full of white people mm-hmm. they actually used to call it UNC white <laughs> or like you know that was like a little joke I never really thought it was funny but um yeah they actually used to call it UNC white but um mm-hmm. if you go to the town of Wilmington Wilmington has like a lot of historical black culture like a lot of things went down in Wilmington I would tell you but I do not remember but I remember at UNCW, there was this place called the Upperman Center, mm-hmm. and that was for the black students because there were so little of us. So they tried to build a community. And I remember when I transferred there, um, you know, they told me about like the historical culture of UNCW and African-Americans. And I thought it was dope. Like Wilmington is actually like, it's a pretty historical black town. And it's crazy that that school is right in the middle of it. Right. Um, I got a question back to your Nigerian roots. Right. There's a stigma on the men that they're scammers. Where does that, that is true? Oh my gosh, where did you? How do you know that? I just hear it. Why? <laughs> no, that is true. My I don't ears trust them. To the streets, you don't trust uh-uh. them. What? No. If there was like a Nigerian man that came like fresh off the boat. I would side on him like I'm not trying to it's so funny that you say that yeah no that's kind of true yeah I just don't trust them at the end of the day you hear about I don't know they're trying to like they're scammers I don't know what you want to say Mm. like if there was like a Nigerian car salesman would not buy a car from them damn would not trust it damn give me a basic scam that they would do 
they would sell you a fucked up car and try to think that it's cool. And it's so funny because, like, I'm actually on the market for a new vehicle. Mm-hmm. And my dad is helping me look. And so he was talking to me, like, I want to say maybe, like, last week. And he was saying how he was going to check with one of my uncles about a car. And I was like, no, <laughs> actually don't do that. How about we just ignore him because I'm not getting a car from him. Damn. <laughs> it's so funny that she said that. I don't really trust Nigerian men either. That's crazy. I know when I went to Nigeria, um, I went summer of 2015. Mm-hmm. Um, I literally graduated from college on a Wednesday and I was in Nigeria that Saturday. And I stayed there for an entire month. I went with my father and my father grew up in the village. So that's where he wanted to stay the majority of the time. I wasn't really down with it. But like, I remember when I came there, all these Nigerian men were like in my face trying to come back to America with me. And I was just like, no, no, thank you. So uh, where y'all travel to? Is it a poor part of the city or a rich part of the city? So it's the village, so it's poor. That's where y'all from? That's where my dad grew up. He grew up, like, in the village, like, with dirt roads and, like, houses that don't have running water. Mm. To where, like, you have to, like, walk. You know, like, you see, like, on commercials, the people walking with the water on their head. Mm -hmm. And, like, the markets like that. That (laughs) shit, that's, that's real life. Damn. And people really live like that. So when you go back, you have to live like that? I mean, I had to for that time because that's what my dad wanted to do. That was his home. Damn, that's tough. It was definitely eye-opening because I had never seen anything like that. Mm-hmm. I know when I was there, I was so ready to come back. Mm-hmm. I was so ready. Like, I always wanted to stay in the hotel. I used to make my dad, like, take me to the city so I can stay in the hotel. Because I didn't want to sleep there. Okay, so what is rich Nigerian life like? Like regular city life. Like if you go to like Abuja. Abuja is the capital of Nigeria. Uh-huh. It's like fucking New York. Like, mm. it's regular as hell. But like, if you go to the village, it's different. That's so, what you see on the TV. Who has the money in Nigeria? Are there athletes with money? Actors, entertainers, rappers. I'm sure. (laughs) You ain't checked in enough. I mean, I'm sure. Oh fuck, that would have been a good conversation. Yeah, I mean, I don't know any actors or rappers in Nigeria. (laughs) I'm sure they have money though. I know. Um, there's okay. So Nigeria has a movie industry called Nollywood, Mm -hmm. where they make Nigerian movies. So I'm sure they have a lot of money. Do you know any of the actors? Mm-mm. Damn it. Damn it. Nah, that's cool. Um, is there any music you've been listening to lately? Like Drake. We were talking about Drake earlier. I keep on looking at your arm and your leg. Uh-huh. Your arm is way darker than your leg. Yeah, I work out in the sun. Oh! Okay. <laughs> yeah. I just kept on looking at that. I was like, what is going on? Yeah. You don't put on your sunscreen? No, I don't. Why? Well, I need to. No, I'm just saying. No, I don't fucking know sunscreen. Speaking of this Drake album, what is your thoughts on it? I'm going on three three episodes talking about Drake. I like Drake. Fuck it. Keep Drake it can do no wrong. 
all hell mighty Drake. So you think the album's good? Mm-hmm. Well, the album is long. And it's I feel long. like... It's long. Long. It's long. Like, I feel like I only listened to it maybe twice all the way through. Mm-hmm. And then I would just pick the songs that I like. And what is your favorite song for the album? My favorite song... I'm gonna be basic, but I still really like Nice For What. <laughs> what the hell? Is that wrong? <laughs> yes. Okay. I can you gotta have a deeper cut than nice for what? No, I don't. Is that sad? It's not kinda, deeper like that. Kinda. Are there any other albums you're anticipating? Mm. Nah. <laughs> I feel like you're disappointed. Nah. I'm working with it. Mm. I'm gonna edit some of this up. But yeah. Working as an insurance claims claimsman. Mm. Give me one good thing about it and one bad thing about it. Um the thing that I like most about being a claims adjuster is I'm nosy. I like I like to figure out what the hell happened. Mm-hmm. So when I'm talking to these people, I'm getting their statements. I feel like they're giving me the tea, mm-hmm. the drama, <laughs> and I'm figuring out <laughs> exactly what happened for me to make my decision as to who is at fault. I feel like I have the power. Mm. I like that my day goes by pretty quick most of the time, and I'm pretty interested in what's going on. Okay. Now, I dislike the the workload. It's difficult. I usually get like maybe five claims a day mm-hmm. and like we have time limits on like, you know, you want to you want to make sure that you make contact with the people involved with the accident within 48 hours. And like if you run like, you know, if you're not able to do that, then that like affects your numbers, which affects how much you get paid and all this good stuff. What? So y'all got to keep up with a system to get money. Yeah. I mean, like at the end of the day, you have a salary, but it affects like your raise. Mm. Like they look at your numbers for the like it's very goal oriented. Like mm. you want to make mm. your contacts within forty eight hours. You want to complete your liability investigations within nine days. Mm. You want to make sure that you have all these things in order. So it's difficult, especially like if I'm trying to call you, your ass isn't calling me back. <laughs> so everyone who gets in an accident, please call them back, even if you're saying that you don't want to talk to them. Call them back and say that. And what is your worst thing about working in the insurance industry? I just told you. The time constraints. The time constraints? Yeah. Like, everything is, like, on this clock. And it's a lot of work to do. And I have hella pet peeves with people that I talk to. Like, I'm getting to the point to where when I hear your voice, I can tell what type of person you are. And I can tell if I fuck with it (laughs) or if I'm trying to get you off the phone. (laughs) <laughs> for example like I had this one chick like yesterday I left work early mm-hmm. and you know on my voicemail to set the expectation you know I'm like you know my office hours today are from this time to this time but if you are calling after this time I have to call you back tomorrow right Okay. so yesterday I was leaving at 345 so I was like if you're calling me after 330 or excuse me 230 I'll call you back tomorrow 
This bitch leaves me a voicemail at 2.30, right on the dot. Like, that's what time I got her voicemail. Mm-hmm. And I remember sitting there and I was like, do I need to call her back? And mind you, she didn't give me any details. Mm-hmm. It was a new claim. I hadn't spoke with her before. In her message, she was like, I have a couple of questions. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what's your question? Like, she didn't tell me what her question was. Even though in my voicemail, I say, leave a detailed message. She did not leave a detailed message. So as I'm contemplating on if I want to call her back today or tomorrow, um, my friend Carlos walks up and I'm, I run it by him. And I'm like, my voicemail says, if you call, if you're calling after 2.30, I'll return your call by the following business day. She left this message at exactly 2.30. Do I call her back? And he's just like, yeah, call her back. So I call her. I get on the phone and I could just tell she was so timid. Like her first question was, you know, if the accident's not my fault, should I be responsible for my deductible? (laughs) And people like that, it's like, if it's not a rear end accident, what are you talking about? Like you already feel like this accident isn't your fault. So in her scenario, it was a backing accident. Both vehicles were backing from their parking spaces in the parking lot at the same time. So, I let her know the North Carolina contributory laws that if we are unable to prove one party negligent free, you have to pursue through your own. So, I told her that and I explained that backing accidents are always really tricky because if both vehicles are backing at the same time, everyone has the duty to make sure that the travel aisle is clear. Now... She was on some shit to where she was like, you know, I was, I had just stopped. I was in the process of putting my vehicle in drive. And I was like, I understand because everyone has that process, but it's really hard to determine if you were still backing or if you were stopped when the accident happened. So after I go over all, I could just tell she was just stupid or not. No, stupid's not a good word. She was just really timid and maybe naive. I don't know, but like I could just tell that like she would, she was gonna make me mad. So I get into the recorded statement, and before I start taking her statement, mm-hmm. I tell her I'm like I'm gonna ask you a lot of tedious questions. You know, please answer them if you can. If you don't remember, you can say that. That's okay. So I take her statement, and then her husband, like she's like, oh, my husband wants to talk to you. So her husband gets on the phone. Mind you, she's real timid. Her husband gets on the phone and is automatically like, I, this is real clear cut. Uh-huh. Like yelling. And I'm just like, I can see why you guys are married. <laughs> you, you said like this a white couple, people. right? Mm-hmm. Yes, okay. white people. Yeah. And it's just like, I could just tell. I was like, no wonder you would marry her, huh? Because you act like that. Oh, you going to get your ass I didn't fired. say that out. I didn't say that. Uh-huh. But um, I could tell in my head. I was like, huh? Because usually it's either way. Like you'll get like a chill husband. And then you get Juanita on the phone like, I don't understand why you da 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 <laughs> But the husband will be real calm and nice. Or you'll get like a real sweet little, sweet little pumpkin wife. And then you get Billy on the phone like, well, I'm going to call my lawyer. <laughs> so you could always tell. You could always tell. So he gets on the phone and he's just like, I just happened to be staying home from work. And I heard some of the questions you were asking my wife. And I just don't understand. It's really clear how this accident happened. And as this man is talking to me, I can feel my blood mm-hmm. boiling. Like, I could just feel it. Because, like, I, I could just feel it as he's, like, going off. Because people love to tell you 
how to do your damn job. <laughs> they love to tell you what's clear and what's not. They love to like give their opinion that isn't relevant. So I let them talk. I let them go off on me or whatever. And so I was just like, you know, sir, I, I respect your opinion. But at the end of the day, I was asking her questions just so we can't leave her story up for interpretation. Right. If somebody else listens to her statement, if I don't clarify everything that she's telling me, they're going to get her ass on a technicality mm-hmm. and then you're going to be mad at me. Mm-hmm. So please let me do what I'm supposed to do. And as soon as I said that, because, you know, sometimes <laughs> as a black woman, <laughs> you want to be nice, but sometimes you just got to shut shit down. <laughs> shit like that. And I could just tell as soon as I said that, he was like, okay, I understand. Here she is. And he wanted to change his whole tone. And I was like, you shouldn't have got on the phone that aggressive anyway. Why are you doing that? And the only reason why I'm hyped, because this just happened yesterday. And it really pissed me off. You're going to get your ass fired. The only way I'm going to get fired is if I say that out loud. You I don't ain't say saying, it out loud. Oh, oh shit. Unless, are you going to give this to Allstate? <laughs> <laughs> is that what is that oh, what the plan was? Am I gonna get it to all state? Nah, <laughs> nah, nah. But I do have another side question. Mm. You said that you um, talk on the phone with a lot of um, couples mm. that are opposites, right? Do you believe opposites attract? Yeah. It may not be as deep as people. Um, you know, try to make it seem like at the end of the day, you got to have something in common or else you're really just not going to have nothing to talk about. But I do feel like where um, one party is calm, the other party may be more irrational. Mm-hmm. Where one party is like level-headed, the other party may be more sporadic. So I do think, you know, at the end of the day, you can't have two people who are real nonchalant fuck with each other because they're not going to fuck with each other. They're both going to be like, I don't care. <laughs> like it's fine or you can't have two people that are like real high strung because they're gonna go crazy on each other like they're both gonna be like psycho so I do think um, you know where you are strong your partner may lack and that's how you become one mm. now in the Nigerian culture how are the parents usually on the kids about who they choose in marriage? Oh, children I mean, and shit. Like, are they? Do they? Uh, are they as passive as American black culture, as far as baby daddies and shit? What? No, you don't want a baby daddy. In like, does baby daddies <laughs> no. happen in Nigerian culture? No, your kid will be a bastard. That's what we would call it. For but, real? I mean, I wouldn't personally, but um. Yeah, that's not... I mean, you don't want to have kids out of wedlock. I mean, I guess you could. I, nothing would happen to you if you have a kid out of wedlock. Especially, like, if you live in America, I don't think anyone would care. Yeah, but, yeah, um, yeah. You know, if you were in Africa, then, you know, they would think your baby is a bastard. Damn. So that's a... What is it like? It's just a, a label growing up on you or... Yeah, I mean, not for me personally, but I will tell you that when I went to Nigeria, mm-hmm. um, one of my little cousins, I think that she was maybe 13 at the time. Mm-hmm. I mean, it feels, she's probably like 16 or 17 now, but she was probably 13 at the time. And she legit was like... <laughs> she was like, you can't... She told me not to marry a white man. Mm-hmm. She came out of nowhere with this too. She was like, you better not marry a white man. 
And then she was like, um, she said something. I don't know. She basically, she was the one who told me that if you have a baby, your baby will be a bastard if you don't get, if you don't get married. And I was like, why is this little girl telling me this? I didn't ask her that. <laughs> but yeah, like it must be something that they really ingrain in their heads for her to, um, you know, tell me that at the blue. Yeah, I would think that crazy. you wouldn't want to marry people from your same tribe. <laughs> yeah. So before we get up out of here, I guess I could spit that freestyle for you. Mm-hmm. You ready? Mm hmm. I ain't gonna do it on bullshit and I ain't gonna do it. Why won't you do it? Cause I don't feel like freestyling. This is not Funk Flex. Mm-hmm. You know who Funk Flex is? Mm-mm. Oh, Funk Master Flex? Yeah. Okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Tune in next week, folks. Alright, and that's episode 13, Scamming with State Farm, man. I'd like to thank my guest. She did an amazing job. Uh, be on the lookout for her podcast soon. I'll link y'all in as soon as she dropped that link. Uh, yeah, tune in next episode. We skipping the episode 15. I was seeing who was paying attention out there. I ain't got dyslexia. I know y'all see the numbers switched up and shit. But yeah, tune in next time, man. Again, like, comment, subscribe like the white girls in the valley say. I'm out.